0: It broke my main artery. I was bleeding to death while alone in a flip to dune buggy. I can't feel my fingers. They're not moving really that much. So I unbuckle myself I because I know that if I pass out right now or if I don't get out and go find help, I will die.
1: Knock him out the box, Rick. Knock him out, Rick. Knock him out the box. Alan motherfucking Mirney. Maybe that's the way we start this fucking podcast. You are kind of a badass, even though you're kind of a quiet badass right now. A little bit. Like, you haven't really found your voice, but you're young. You're 19.
0: Yeah.
1: I met you at the Woodland Hills indoor soccer facility that Tanya, my wife, and I, my life and business partner, co-owned at the time for a glorious year and a half. And you were one of the coaches. coaches we hired. I remember I met you, and it was shortly after you had
0: had your accident. Yeah, that's It the was point. shortly since I came back from the hospital. Got it. I still had my cast. I remember. I think. I th- yes. I think I had wrapping and stuff because I was still healing. Right. From all the surgeries. All the and surgeries. Stuff. Yeah.
1: So I want to get into all of that and how you got here. But I got to say that what struck me and I think why you're sitting here most important or most of anything else, right, is how positive you were at the time. Your mindset, your outlook on life, the outlook on your future as a young, you know, good looking man having now, you know, lost his arm, essentially the way typical people would say they have an arm or not. Yeah. Out of nowhere from an accident. And to see how you, how did you recover so quickly from the psychology of that, man? Like, I, for me, that's inspirational because life is always throwing shit that you don't want to happen because it's not up to you. Yeah, It's a game, man. Like, you can't get mad at it. But how you play that shit is everything. How you see it, how the story you tell yourself, oh, poor me, what am I going to do now? What did I do to deserve this? I had my first son, my first son, my oldest has Down syndrome. I did ask myself that for the first month because I couldn't get over it that quick. Right? Like, so I want to hear your story. I want to hear like about that and how, just how you handled it, how you got over it. I think that's the most helpful thing, but I want to know the context of the story too and who you are. Let me ask you first five quick questions that, I'm just trying out for the first time. Okay. Right? So this is just quick fire. Maybe it's a reel. Maybe it's a 30-second reel. So we got to get it under 30 seconds. Let's try it.
0: Let's let's go.
1: Then we're gonna get into the actual interview. Set go. What kind of a smurf are you?
0: Um, I would I'm not quite sure about that. Let's, Let's skip.
1: Next question your favorite place outside of home uh the beach your favorite movie
0: um i would say uh how's it called um fast and furious the series are you happy yes scale of one to ten
1: uh seven nice 29.19 seconds baby that could be a reel right there yeah <laughs> That would be, I don't know, we'll see. Maybe with we'll some music, some dramatic music, like, you know, who wants to be a millionaire, maybe? I don't know. We'll have to see. Maybe it's just a good cause I feel like I think I missed a question though. But I don't want to like go back. So what did I miss?
0: You you asked me what type Fave, of smurf. Am what I, type
1: of smurf? Um oh, oh, I know what I forgot to ask. So let's ask it separate. Uh your most influential
0: person in your life. Can I say two? Sure. So it's a conversation starter uh, outside of my parents, or like um, someone, like some as someone famous, or
1: okay, I'll I'll tell you. Originally, I had two questions. One was, who is the your your the most influential person you know, and who is the most influential person you don't know? That could be a celebrity, an athlete, somebody you saw on the street.
0: Okay, so people, uh, the most influential that I know. I would have to say probably my mom. She influenced me to doing dancing, which I still am doing since I was uh, five years old, I've been dancing. Okay. Uh, Before that, I've done other sports, like uh, I've done some soccer when I was like five. Um, I did Taekwondo, I got up to second degree black belt and she always helped me with everything, taking me to places. Uh we'd be in uh, I'd be in a backseat doing my homework on my way from uh from home to Taekwondo. Then I would switch uh I would change clothes in the car to go to dance. So my life was pretty like up paced and uh and stuff like that. Right. So uh, she so,
1: she taught you work ethic.
0: Yeah. So at first she uh put me into dance because I had a lot of energy. And when she was like okay let's uh now find you something else to do I, I just said no i love this i'm gonna stay doing this because i love dancing uh the attention on me the um the etiquette of learning the different yes. uh, uh dances okay. also the different ways of communicating to your partner interesting through connection of the hands right because usually during dancing everything's so fast during the choreography you don't have time to like tell your partner oh there's someone behind you uh you have to literally change them off court, uh, change their direction with your body without telling them
1: right you're communicating
0: communicating psychopathically basically right.
1: Through touch, and, through, and through rhythm, through rhythm. knowing each other, knowing trusting each other.
0: Facial expression sometimes also uh, also helps. Right.
1: With a partner that knows you, you're
0: like, yeah,
1: and and they know you're about to grab them or pull them because you need to correct course or something.
0: Yeah. And then.
1: Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Or, well, you can f- continue what you were saying, but I just don't want to forget. I just want to ask you at some point why you didn't say you're a uh, dance smurf. But we can get into that separately. Go ahead and say what you were going to say.
0: Uh, so, and people who I don't know, who I feel is really inspirational is one, he's a very famous uh, YouTuber, Roman Atwood. He's really positive and stuff, all, did always positive vlogs and stuff like that. That's also kind of what helped me through my accident, but we can get yeah. more to that okay. later. All right. And also Logic. The rapper Logic, he also helped me a lot through my hard times. Interesting. That's also why I have his memo tattooed on me. Peace, love, and positivity. Nice. So how did he help you? So when I was in the hospital, uh, so this this accident happened very fast. I was just uh, driving on the uh, dune buggy, and I t- uh, so we were in two do- different Doom buggies. I was alone in mine and I had my friend and an adult who was with us there in a different one. So he, uh, he was basically going in front and he would tell me to stay back so that the dust died, dies down cause we were in uh, Arizona. So why did you guys go dude bugging? It so occasion? it was, it was summer. We wanted to go, uh, we wanted to go to the missus, uh, to the ri- um, river uh, that separates California and um, Arizona. I forgot how the river, Colorado. Colorado River. Yeah. Uh, we were there for two, uh, three days, two nights just like as a summer little get together, little kickback. Um, we jet skied, everything was fine. Uh, I think it was a second or third day, the accident happened. Um, so I was driving in a dune buggy, they told me to wait, so dust dies down, died down and I and I went. This was already our second, uh, second go, cause we stopped in the middle and we started going back towards the road. And in the middle there was a there was there was a little split in the road. You can go one trail or you could go another. And I had to go fast cuz I was going like 20 30 miles an hour in the dune buggy, so I took the wrong path basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, it it was like a big dip, but it was like part of the course, but something that wasn't part of the course was a big hole in the in the ground. So my front right tire got into that hole, which shot the razor to the right. And the razor got propped up on one hill and another. So I flipped and like as a fall instinct, it was really quick. I stuck out my arm and both bones were dislocated. One was broken completely. It broke my main artery. I was bleeding to death while alone. In a flip to dune buggy i had to unstrap myself and go find help i was holding my arm it was bleeding out i was just running trying to find help so so wait wait you you got out i got out of the dune buggy with one hand so you you put
1: your hands up as like a fall, like out kind of no no helping? so
0: uh since i was falling towards my side of the door yeah and there's no window so i stuck out my arm and as uh, because of the weight and the pressure, right? Because it's pulling you that way. Also, yeah. the seatbelt's not necessarily keeping you all the way. No, up. the the seatbelt was keeping me in. It's just my fall instinct when I fall. Like I've fell so many times during my like I've skateboarded and stuff like that. I always stick out my arm. That's that's my first like fall instinct, so that I don't hit my face or anything. And right there, that was another part of it even though i should have just kept my hands inside and none of that would have happened but basically well it's not
1: yeah it's what you could have done but you did the best you could yeah maybe someone else will hear this and go shit if i ever flip like keep your fucking hands on the steering wheel yeah just hold on to the steering
0: wheel basically yeah because you're you're in a metal box right it's not but your instincts man i mean that would probably happen
1: to me I mean you're fl- all of a sudden you flip over natural instinct roll your shoulder right even if you're rolling your shoulder you got your arm up yeah okay so then you're so, so what happens it
0: flips and then how so do you know it to flips, get out it flips on one side I'm basically sideways I unbuckle myself and I grab since there's no Do you no know winch, at this point your arm is I I see it it's bleeding up. it's messed up uh I can't feel my fingers they're not moving really that much. So I unbuckle myself I because I know that if I pass out right now or if I don't get out and go find help, I will die. So I pulled myself out and I started going towards the way that the other dune buggy went. And because I wasn't coming for a while, they, they, uh, he knows how long it takes yeah. to get from one spot to another. So because he saw I wasn't coming for a while, they came back and they saw me walking towards them, me Jesus bleeding, Christ. holding my arm. They got out. Um, so who's this coming your way? This, who? The, my friend yeah. and uh, the, the adult that was there. Okay. The adult that came came with us. Is it a parent? Uh, it was, uh, it was my, my other friends, cause we had th- uh, three people, me, my friend, Joe and also my other friend Shane. Okay. So and you're how old at this point?
1: I'm sixteen. Sixteen, wow. You're my you're my second son's age, man. You're Cody's age, man. This could've happened to Cody.
0: Yeah, I was the same,
1: man. I mean and, it, and like the what you might have must have been feeling at that moment I like, thought I, I would, could die right now. I this thought, could be it. Yeah.
0: You you knew this could be it. And I didn't wanna go away like that. Especially like and knowing how hard, uh, stuff is going on in my family, like my grandma, she had cancer. Um, so you did def- you think about these things as this was happening? I was thinking about my family. Yeah, I was thinking about my career. Like split second, my or- career as a dancer. When I was like going, I said I have to keep myself up. So, I get uh, they come see me, they um he puts on a tourniquet with his uh with his shirt so that the blood stops bleeding a little bit and i'm in the middle of the desert so we have to call help we call uh the ambulance they come but they can't come out to where i am right but in the same moment there were there was a like um, how does he do the tourniquet so he just takes off his shirt yeah uh and wraps it or wraps it around and ties it Right ties it hard, and he knows to do that. How does he know to do that? Maybe because instinct, and also um, he does a lot of action sports. Not not my friend, but uh, adult, right? Which was my friend's dad's friend. Got it. They're not really friends anymore. Got it. But yeah, that's whatever. But basically, he does that. Call help. Uh, At the same time that they're calling help, a truck is passing by. Which was a rain like a, a ranger, and they and since the ambulances can't come out to us, we, I had to get put in the back of the bed of the truck with my friend Joe holding me so that I don't like fly around in the bed of the truck, and they go take me to the ambulances.
1: How was I, that ride?
0: I don't know why, but I was kind of like I was fine with it. I was I was still scared shitless. That's for sure. But Joe, he was really like helping me kinda of calm down and stuff. Everything will be okay. Stuff like that. I don't know how he wasn't really scared. Probably inside he was, but he knew that he has to keep me calm so that and also keep me awake so that I don't pass out. Because if I pass out, I could just not wake up. So we're going to the ambulance. Did you think it was
1: gonna be okay at that point?
0: Um I still was really scared. I was scared about my future. I was scared about what's gonna happen like with my dance career. Cause at this point I've been dancing since I was five or uh, six professionally and I'm 16. Right. So all of this just stopped quick because I was still dancing at the time. Well, the fact that that
1: crossed your mind is something we should come back to. Cause that sounds like a big sign for
0: you. Yeah you know so go to the ambulance they take me to one hospital uh they do some scans see they can't do much so they had to airlift me up from one hospital to UMC hospital in Las Vegas airlifted me up there and I go straight into surgery it was really bad i had to have 16 surgeries I had 16 or 17 surgeries there um, to try to just save save my arm because a lot of the sand got in and infected a, a lot of the muscle. That's why I lost like 75% of my muscles in my arm. They had to transplant a muscle from my back into my bicep. So I have a muscle from my back in my bicep. So I was there for two months 52 days and 16 surgeries to this day I have 19 because of like trying to get more movement back just cosmetic type surgeries to make uh, me be able to move my fingers more how many total surgeries uh 19 19 yeah so are you are you done with that No, we're waiting on this on a big surgery where they might take a muscle from my leg and put it in my forearm. So I have more mobility with my fingers since I do have a lot of lost muscles in my forearm. Yeah.
1: So how was that experience, man? Like just what were the highlights of that experience? I'm just because not everyone's going to go through what you went through. That's why I like to know where the, your head was at like like were you conscious when you were being airlifted like when what was, are some of the highlights of like this whole experience for you
0: so when i was airlifted i was conscious i saw everything i was looking outside not focusing on my so arm so you were
1: hanging underneath the helicopter no no or no, no, how, no. Did, how were yeah, you or oh, they put you they, in. Were, they put me inside oh, of the like, like, helicopter that's, no. that's a different airlift i'm like yeah it's a for di- a second then i'm like Oh that's when they like save somebody from like the woods and they
0: have to Yeah. Have <laughs> so they this is like inside the the, a the, helicopter? the helicopter. I have I'm hooked up to an IV. I'm getting uh at this point I don't feel any pain because they've gave me a lot of like pain pain drugs yeah. and stuff. So so are you feeling the the painkillers at this point or not really? Yeah, like, are I'm, you are I'm, you still like fully conscious at this point? I'm fully conscious but I don't feel any pain. Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking outside, seeing uh the empty space in Nevada, you know, how empty it is out there. And they bring me to UMC Hospital, and I go straight to surgery. Now, During those two months, it was probably the hardest time of my life. My, two months in the hospital? Yeah. Damn. Two months in the same... PICU, pediatric ICU, and wait, where is this in Nevada? Yeah, so you stayed out there for two months. For two months, my dad, my dad was there with me all two months, every single day. Uh, My grandpa, my mom, she had to uh, come some. uh, She came sometimes because she had to be here with my baby sister. She was, I think, two or three at the time. So, uh, during those two months, it I kind of went through some depression. I thought of killing myself. I'm like, what is the point of living now? My arm is gonna be messed up for the rest of my life. I might not even have an arm. Um, At this point, you didn't know what was gonna happen. Yeah. Did you know
1: you were okay, but that your arm just? I knew. Okay?
0: I knew I was okay, but I also knew that I could possibly lose my arm and what's the point of like living with one arm. But then like uh, listening to Logic and his music and also watching Roman Atwood and how positive he is, it really changed my perspective of life. And it really gave me that, it, it told me I have a second chance of making my life greater and better. What was the biggest
1: mindset turning point for you? If you can remember that made you go, okay, this is how I'm going to look at this now. And what was it?
0: I think when, um, so I had this, uh, my best, um, best friend from elementary school. She, she was my girlfriend, but we broke up and she called me when I was in the hospital, which really kind of like opened my eyes up that people actually do care about me. Other, I knew that people cared about me, but like, I was like wondering how will my friends also react to this type of situation that I'm going through. Even though I, I, my mindset should be like, I don't care what other people think, but sometimes I, I have that like or ur- a small urge of like kind of knowing what they think, but still not giving a fuck about it. I would love to just talk about that for a second, but first to say
1: that of course you care about what people think. And t- if you're trying to get to a point where you don't care what people think, you got an impossible journey ahead of you. Yeah. Instead embrace that you care is just you don't have to act on it you can discern okay i care what they think but unfortunately i don't agree with their idea of what my lifestyle should be or how i should act so i will respectfully ignore that advice or not let it affect that i'm going to post about this or talk about this or do my thing yeah so it's it's more about dealing with it versus not wanting of course like we're we're tribal creatures we want our people to like us or somebody to like us. We don't want to be alone. Yeah. So it's just about trusting that it's okay to be you. Trust your own instinct. Yeah. And then the people that really fit you will be with you over time. Yeah. And it's an opportunity to, to almost like those kind of times in your life are opportunities to see who really fits with you and who doesn't. Yeah. For me was my divorce. I was the bad guy, and I got to see who's my real family and friends. It was painful, but so valuable. I have so much more, better utilized time now, because <laughs> fewer people, and I can I put my attention on fewer people. People that actually we help each other versus hurting each other.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree with you on that. You need a, you need to really like know your friends to see who is worth keeping in your life and who you need to kind of push away. Right. And sometimes people
1: go through their whole life, never discovering that shit. Yeah. So it's kind of like a painful, but beautiful process. So like how, what happened with you? How, how did that go for you? How uh, did people react?
0: So like, what was uh, your... when I came back, so from... what, what
1: was the, what was the best advice or what was the best like there, turning point. There wasn't was. really
0: any advice. It just it just uh showed me that people are actually caring about me right during, during this time. So as,
1: finding the people that cared about you truly through the like the the storm. When the storm hit, you're like, oh, people aren't really wanting to be inside this fucking vulnerable, fucked up situation.
0: And people don't want me to uh go yet.
1: And and they don't want to maybe be in the depression, right? It's a storm for you, right? So then you get to know who's really in it for the long haul that gets from you something so deep that they want to invest in you during this difficult time. Yeah. So then, yeah, go in. So you said there was a friend, one friend that kind of was coming through for you?
0: Well, uh, there were multiple. Yeah. It just like, I didn't really, uh, I felt... a. Difference because I liked this girl at the yeah. time, yeah, and I liked my fr- I I also loved my friends too. Yeah, it's just like I know my friends. They always say that stuff. They always say that stuff. Like what? Like oh yeah, you're my bro. I love you. Right. Stuff like that. I know that. But now I have a better perspective of it. Right. And that's uh, when I also got that bigger perspective of that girl, who um, who called me. Right, we had like probably a one or two hour conversation, like on the phone, yeah, on Facetime, and what was it, it about? Just different things, just like regular conversations, not so, so just her giving you at the time of day and yeah, putting investing
1: just a conversation in you, yeah, is all you investing
0: needed. the time to talk to me, which I never felt that way because I haven't had a girlfriend before. And stuff like that. And we only started dating, like, maybe, I don't know, a couple months after. That didn't really turn out. Get- yeah. That didn't really turn out He's going to join
1: me, co-host, but go ahead.
0: Well, we ended it on good terms. Yeah. But then uh, she started doing messed up shit. Gotcha. Like, posting... Guy photos, sending it to me. Gotcha. And
1: but at the time, I guess the the takeaway for me is you just needed somebody to invest a conversation in you, man. And I feel like that's such a like important concept because we don't need a lot. We just want to know like we matter. We're yeah. worth it. It's not that we want to have to rely on other people to give us that. But, but it's a fact. And so give it to people whenever you can, man. Like your kids. Let your kids know you want them. Like I already told my wife, like if he comes out here, he can sit with me. If he gets bored, he'll go back in. Because he needs to know that, you know, like I want to invest my time in him. I don't want him to feel like I don't have time for him. You know what I'm saying? But it, I'm just saying it's the same thing. It's the same thing.
0: I wanted to add some yeah. stuff yeah, towards me. my story yeah. in the hospital. So Please. after like um, my whole, it was, it was at the beginning of the time that I was in the two months in the hospital where I was depressed and stuff and thought of killing myself. And then that changed my uh, listening logic and um, watching Roman Atwood really changed me. And I saw my, I could feel my parents' energy and I can feel like they're scared. They're uh worried about me. Uh, it's it's common sense. They're my parents. They they're scared for my life. So I would always try to calm them down, like uh, tell them, "Oh, everything's gonna be okay." That's when I really started like being a uh, really po- uh even more positive than I was before and really trying to like open people's mind up to being positive and thinking in a different way that from anything negative there's a positive you can make uh, you can make it like i loved playing video games and i thought oh how am i gonna play video games so i found out a way i found a 12 button mouse Razor, uh, Razor mouse. And I use that for playing games. I have all my key binds on there and I use that for moving around, jumping, switching weapons or switching, um, characters. It all depends on what game I'm playing. I always take my time out of my day. There's a new game I'm trying to play. Take my time out of the day, figure out which buttons will be comfortable for me for what, uh, for what, uh, things I want to have set and I would learn that game like that so I would just like take anything negative and figure out how to make it into a positive and just like do what I love uh I had to stop dance for a while because of my arm um and I got back into dancing um my favorite uh ballroom dancing uh at high school um after my accident, I had to skip a whole year of dance my last year of uh in twelfth grade I got back into it first try I just uh hip hop I loved it and I kept with it I loved the team I loved the uh, atmosphere and everyone just hyping uh, each other up getting ready for that basketball game show or a football game halftime show it would be it would be such an adrenaline rush and I I would love that that's exactly why I uh, kept dancing and that's exactly why I want to teach dancing as like uh, another side hustle but it's not really a hustle it's just my favorite it's it's just <clears throat> A thing I love to do, and I want, uh, people, to get that experience. And if they don't like it, they can always switch their uh switch their paths. But there are those people who love it and want to keep going. Do you yeah. know exactly what you want to teach and how? Uh, ballroom dancing, cause I've done it since I was five. To to who like to how kids? Old? Uh, how um, they, well, I started when I was five, but like. Six up, uh, six ages six and up. Those are really easy, uh, but it also it involves them and it gets them ready to know if they really want to continue that in the future. So yeah, I'm, I'm interested
1: in what you're excited about, not when you started. Meaning. If you want to figure out what you want to do, it's what excites you. It's as simple as that. And Dan- by the way,
0: dancing excites me. No, but I'm saying
1: the age group is oh. when you decide on who you want to teach, don't you should think what you actually want. I know that's a little bit odd. I want to, I want to <laughs> well, teach. say
0: you should do this. I think what excites me, if it's a, if, if the kid wants to do this professionally, go to okay. competitions, right. mentor them through the competitions and the mindset game too, because you yeah, bring that to the helping, table. helping that, uh, helping the mindset through that. Bro, because- you
1: automatically remind everybody every day. Like if you were to work with a dancer every day, you remind them because it's visual. The arm does serve as a reminder to somebody to go, you know what? Don't fucking complain, right? Like overcome whatever it is that today yeah. you're battling with and 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 the competition, and the nerves, whatever you can bring that to that dancer. So you want to do professional level or at least a kid that is thinking about a professional level. That's not mostly, a three. What about three or
0: four years? That, mostly, that but I, I, I'm also totally okay with teaching anyone, anyone and everyone. It just, what brings more, uh, me more happiness is seeing them happy winning that competition and seeing that they succeeded because of their mindset their uh dedication to uh dancing, because it reminds me of me when I was little and how happy I would be when I would win that first place, be on podium, get that trophy, get that gold medal. It would remind uh, me of what I used to do. And also, I just wanna bring the happiness to anyone. I, I know that dancing makes people happy. Right. And stuff like that. That's why I want to uh, do it as teaching, also right. not not also keeping my own um, my own uh, skills in in me. I want right. to uh, I want to give that to someone and have them experience the same uh, stuff I was being taught right. when I was uh, dancing more professionally. Right now, I got back into it. I'm not uh, quite doing uh competitions yet I'm still looking for a dance partner, and that's uh that's uh kind of hard during this pandemic but uh also it's easier for guys because there are a lot more girls in the dancing industry than guys so girls have the tougher luck finding a guy to dance with right in balling. right so that's uh, I just want to get back into it because I missed it. I've uh, done it, and um, even after my accident, and I was in school, I would be doing hip hop. I just love dancing in general. Well, I think look, you from like a commercial
1: standpoint, and you like making it into a career, there is absolutely no good reason you can't do that. It's yeah. just if you decide you don't believe in it and you don't want to pursue it, then it's going to die out. But competitions why not yeah you should dance as long as you can competitively and then use that experience to teach other people so that's going to be valuable to you no matter how high of a level you get to yeah and your you know disability is does create a really good story yeah so it as far as like starting a school down the road You know, if you're also good at your craft, which I'm sure you are, right? Yeah. Then I think it just tells a better story, a more interesting story, a more inspirational story. So I think you should absolutely pursue
0: it. Yeah.
1: I feel like the next time someone asks you, you should say you're a dancer Smurf.
0: I was going to, I was going to. Why don't you say
1: that? I'm curious. I was
0: Because I was still like, the reason I didn't say I'm a dancer Smurf, Smurf, I love dancing but i also love doing a bunch of other things i'm really like um here uh here and there like i love to do a lot of stuff so i thought tell me about I the thought, number two and three things so like uh videography i did it when i I have a, I had a YouTube channel. Okay. I did some vlogs. All right. I uh posted videos of me playing games. I live stream right now playing games trying to uh get people um like a happier, more enjoyable like um life. I try like to uh, tell them about my story sometimes and bring some positive energy to them and like uh, just just show them that anything is possible. Like even showing that I'm playing with one hand, that's really inspirational to people to see that, oh, he's playing with one hand and he's doing this good. That means I can do that good. Right. And, and also do anything that I put my mindset to. Dude, that, this This universe
1: operates in such an interesting mathematical way. It's like for every negative there's a positive for every pro there's a con yeah and and so it's really all about choosing to focus on the pros right and turning if, if the, the more negative something is like i said before the more there is to learn or find from that negative so you use it as m- even more inspiration yeah. it's not that you wouldn't be inspirational but had you not had the accident you wouldn't have as much ammunition for this inspiration you can inflict upon the world is positivity because it forced you to go through that and question yourself and get to the fucking real the truth what's real what's important to you not these friends that say hey
0: bro love you that's just words yeah and that's fine but if the words come out with actions right that that is the real person to stick with through life that's why uh vlad remember vlad Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he's the real one I love Vlad I yeah. love him too I, know I love
1: everybody though I'll say that I like Vlad That's different I don't like everyone I love everyone Think about that That's... No, I'm just saying Because I don't want to just limit My feelings for Vlad to love Because yeah. I have love for even people that have wronged me That maybe aren't even in my life I still love them I'd help them if they came to me Asking for water or advice Because their life is in shambles I still love him. I mean, I like him. I mean, I want to hang out with him. I actually like and love Vlad. Vlad is cool.
0: Yeah. That's why I have to have Vlad on
1: here with you. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah.
0: That's a, that's what I was actually thinking. I was talking to Josh a a little bit about this. I thought of actually starting a, a podcast of myself.
1: Absolutely. And
0: having different people, different people that I come across in, in life and talk about their stories and stuff like that. Also th- talk about like some real like real shit, like stories that's happened through through my life. I know him since kindergarten. We have so many like right. uh, stories, like just hanging out, being in school together, just uh, having each other's backs. And I thought it would be really good. But I have to like talk to him. And see... What if,
1: would your podcast be about? Do you know? You don't have to know. Just
0: wanted to I, ask since we're talking. I feel it. like it would just be, like, about some just real, real shit. Just, like, positive, but real shit in life. And also, like, just uh, just talking. The life, like, of
1: 19 year old,
0: life, life of, of a 19-year-old. Real
1: shit. Life of... Yeah. That's it. That's simple as that. It's all you need. And then you go from there. Right? No, that's cool. And by the way, you guys could... We could think about something where you come use the equipment. You know, we just make sure our schedules don't intersect. Even if it's your own podcast, we could talk about that. I'd be down. We have like six mics, (laughs) even for a big group. Wow. Because I do want to occasionally do a big group setting. It's just you can't have the depth of conversation as you can one-on-one. And this is something I learned from just experimenting with the podcast. Yeah. The first episode, three people. You don't get deep enough. I want to have each of them back for a one on one because, first of all, I talked a lot. <laughs> so I learned to listen more, but also through watching myself, which is, by the way, real quick, painful, man. Like looking in the mirror at myself on the podcast, going, oh my God, Rick, shut up. Cause I'm, I see, I'm trying to make a point, but I'm not letting the guests tell their story at that moment. Yeah. So that's something I learned, but also that. The more people you have, the more superficial the conversation, but the more fun. So you got to find the fun level with the depth that you want to go. I think initially I like these one-on-ones because I can focus on you and we can go as deep as we want without feeling like, oh, well, now we got to ask Vlad what he thinks. We can just go deep into anything. I, I love that. But I also want to do six people have six people on the (laughs) podcast that almost came out wrong yeah you know what i mean and like have more of a fun session with some music and because i i want to i like to party to me a party is just have fun with a group i love it doesn't have to be 80 people it could be let's party with three people and sit here talking about fun things have a drink let's put some music on man like music is flowing in my veins i why, why are we not listening to music on the podcast? I'm more envisioning like We just,
0: just flip chill. a song
1: on for five seconds And then just I think you get nine seconds of free Playability Yeah, but there's And then all- that's it It's good Quick karaoke session For example For example <laughs> Let's see what's on
0: I'm to tell you
1: That I'm bad to the bone Bad bad. Bad bad. 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 bad, bad, bad 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 to the bone, and that's it, and that's all I need, I needed a little jolt, yeah, and then I'm done, and we're back to the podcast, welcome <laughs> to the soothing sounds of Alan and Rick, right? On Rick's Misunderstood Podcast. That's right, Misunderstood with Papa Rick. Papa Smurf. Papa Smurf. That's kind of where that came from. I got to have this guy on. He's, we're going to have him on in the next couple of weeks and then, you know, edit it. But uh, called, his name is, actually, I don't know his real name. His name is Groovy Jew. Shout out to Groovy Jew. And uh, he might bring the party to the, the party element to this podcast. I have this feeling we're going to get into a conversation about it. He's going to be like, of course, I know exactly how we're going to, you know, pipe music in and have some karaoke feel to this, or 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 maybe not. Maybe that's a separate show. Maybe there's a separate show where we have six people on. Like it was fun when we were beatboxing with maybe, Paris and maybe London could and make... Free. Like I want to have that show too, and not always be so uh, life. You know, what's your perspective? Which I love. I love because it's it's what helps people the most in their game. That's why. It's yeah. it's a must if you want to elevate your game, but it's not all that I talk about either. Like I want to have fun, sing, dance, get up and do movie. you like do you like talking about like different music and songs? Uh Not really. Not really. Okay. If I'm talking, if I'm having a conversation, I want it to be stories. I want to get to know you and psychoanalyze you. Well, I want to get into the details even more. Like I'm not even yeah. done for myself. Maybe we don't post all of it, but. I still want to know more. I hold back. I don't want people to feel like I'm asking, because I, I I care about the story, man. Like I I yeah. I'm interested. It's not that it's gonna keep me up at night. That's why I'm free to talk to anyone. I I don't carry their burden with me. I just love understanding people and what makes them tick, and and what can help other people get through their stuff. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. helping people. Everyone enjoys helping people. When you help somebody, you just feel good.
0: You just feel it's, we're like programmed. Up. Yeah. yeah.
1: When you feed somebody, you feel good. Even if you didn't want to feed them, but then you're like, okay, I feel pretty good. We're programmed, man. I like to help people feel good by removing their mental prisons, man. Mm-hmm. Nothing makes me happier than seeing someone go, oh, fuck. I don't have to please my friend or my parents or anybody unless you want to. It's your game, baby. Yeah. I love that's like my favorite because that is like you're teaching them a sustainable lesson, not, hey, here's where you can make five dollars on, you know, a trading card and then they make five dollars. It's it's a lesson that keeps on. It's a gift that keeps on giving like it's yeah. one of those principles of life. I love helping them people figure that out because those are the times in my life where I turned it around and was like, oh, shit, this is a better way to play this game like emotional intelligence. You know, that's what it comes down to. That That's a big, those are big world shifters. Yeah. You know what I mean? But those come from understanding ourselves deeply, man. Not everybody's raised with emotionally intelligent parents or environment. You got to like, learn that shit sometimes for yourself.
0: Yeah, I, I feel you on that. I know some people like, with like, not really a lot of like they weren't really raised like with the emotional, like, oh, I can't find the word intelligence, yeah, the uh, emotional intelligence, yeah. And they just like
1: it's just it, effectiveness, yeah. man. You know, emotional intelligence is like
0: a forget that word,
1: like, that's been overused. It's just about being effective as a person, effective for your game, like. You want a good relationship with somebody? This is the way to get it. Communicating what you want, listening to what they want, so you can bridge the gaps of I want this, she wants that, or vice versa. It's it's common sense stuff, man. It's not yeah. like a philosophy. It's like just what's effective. And that changes all the time because emotional intelligence also sometimes changes with society. You have to be aware of what's a social norm, but you don't have to be tied to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's my favorite, man. That's how I love helping people. But then, again, for the podcast, I want it to be, like, fun. And I want people to, like, enjoy themselves while they're listening. And it shouldn't be all serious talk either. Yeah. But it it depends on the interview, too, because I don't like forcing it. I just The reason I want music is that gets me amped and more confident, maybe, in myself. And now I can be more expressive and make more facial expressions.
0: I don't know. <laughs> you get that like little energy boost. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's why I think like, maybe that's what I'll do is like, I got my phone playing my Apple music. It's random. I don't know. I have a lot of weird, uh, like eclectic stuff, jazz, hip hop,
0: yeah, whatever. I've, I've heard on your, yeah. uh, I see your stories on Instagram. Yeah, It's I, all over the place. Yeah. And then
1: we should just crank up the sound once in a while and just go, I didn't know that was going to play. That was kind of fun, man. I kind of right. like the randomness. Yeah. I always just have my stuff on shuffle unless I'm like in the mood for a specific genre. Like yoga music because I'm <laughs> stretching or jazz music in the evening. I, I discovered Miles Davis recently, just saying. And man, that's evening music right there, man. You got to check that out. I don't know if you've discovered him. Uh, I don't I recently think so, did.
0: but I'll, I'll check him yeah. out.
1: Watch his documentary. Watch the Miles Davis documentary because he's all about flow. And I'm not saying his life was perfect. He had a lot of crazy challenges, but he flowed, man. He made his music on the spot. He would record his music as they were making it. Do you understand? For the first time, playing it for the first time, coming up with it as they went. Fuck. Talk about like being in the moment, dude. Talk about the ultimate being in the moment. That's That's why it's so beautiful, man. That's the
0: creative aspect yeah of
1: it. 26 minute songs but then it puts you in a mood i didn't appreciate it before because i thought ah, it's like random notes and like i like a certain rhythm and like a catchy tune but w- at night man when it's me and my better half and a glass of wine and we're eating and it's like chill wow it puts you in a different place makes you light on your feet makes you kind of go ah, you know it's all good baby just Go with the flow. Mm. Go with the flow. Serious, dude. I want to get to that more and more as I get older. Like, How to just be myself all the time as much as possible. Singing in the car. I used to never sing out loud in the car. If there's cars next to me, I was like... "Uh." Now, I go for it. Not all the time, but usually. Mm -hmm. I feel like if they don't like it, it's because they're struggling with their own sense of expression
0: yeah
1: most people go yeah let's go like because they're bored and they're like oh a guy's dancing fine as long as he's not a lunatic i'm happy for him (laughs) Uh, right
0: yeah dude i think i love uh, i I, I love singing in a car
1: like I, i want people to play baby i want alan mirney to play that's my goal we're trying to figure out the goal i'm telling you these are my guiding print. Like, if I'm giving you advice, a lot of times it's because I want you to live to your fullest. I want you to play, you know, yeah. sing, dance, be a dancer, Smurf, dude. First of all, this isn't cockamamie advice. Well, dancing is not a real. Prof- what do you mean? It's a billion dollar industry, yeah. dude. Like, you can open up a dance studio, like, like- you could train professional dancers. Like, you've put in the time. You love it enough to put the time and energy and so don't you trust that you're getting better and learning of course you are everyone does yeah. so why do you think you're going to make less money in the dance field than if you went to some other field and by the way your other choices are complementary to your dancing i meant to say because you're like well i like videography and telling story vlogging i mean if you're going to be a dancer and have a, and be a an entrepreneur and own a dance studio or train professional dancers, have a team of coaches. Probably you're going to be running a business. My friend, you're going to need marketing. You're going to need videography and it's expensive. Ask Josh. (laughs) He's expensive as hell, man. (laughs) Luckily, not as much for me, but that's another conversation that hopefully he won't bring up later. (laughs) The point is, man, it's expensive. So if you, at the beginning, you got to do it all yourself because it's hard to get over that hump in business. That first year, People start their businesses, ninety percent fail because they don't have maybe the team quite yet. You have, you're gonna be a big part of that team. You're gonna to have to do videography, social media posts to promote your business, sell, you know, dance, come up with a curriculum. That's easy. The dancing is easy. The other stuff you mentioned, even look your gaming play. Why can't you have a game, a game streaming career? It's complimentary. Yeah. Just do one more than the uh, balance your hours. And and they're both one of the gaming is passive income. You get a certain number of people following you. You make passive income. You play three times a night, you know, at midnight and that's it. And you do dancing the other time or whatever the balance is for you. The world is changing, man.
0: Universities are going to be
1: are going to be like gone, man. It's all going to be online learning and on-the-job learning. Why do you need to Why do you need to go to a building when you can get it online and then apply it at a workplace or or do combined, you know, self or study with a professor on Zoom or in person sometimes, but you don't need a whole big campus anymore. Like things are changing, man. People are entre- making money being entrepreneurs now because you can have all these side hustles. But the side hustle is like a real career. Yeah. Gary like, Vee's a side hustle. <laughs> he just just puts energy into it where it becomes more than a side hustle. Yeah. When he was doing wine library, right, he was that was his side hustle. This social media stuff and marketing and figuring out how to get a following. And then it became full time. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's all a side hustle. Everything. Like, you can turn anything into your profession. Like, right.
1: Especially today. Like, yeah. 50 years ago would have been more challenging.
0: That, that is you know true. I mean? Like, even, like, um, even online businesses. Like, not even online businesses. Like, trading. Like, for example, Forex. Forex trading. I've actually, like, thought of, like, getting into, like, um, the stocks and uh, Forex trading. Because you can make, like, a living out of it. Of course. Of course. Right now, and you and people don't even have to go to college, but I feel like college is good in some cases, like of uh, for for just like learning, and uh yeah, the degree it would help you some in some cases, like if you're trying to get a specific type of job, like if you're trying to be a nurse or a right. uh, computer engineer right. stuff like that. But there's so much other things you can do without like even going to college.
1: Even for you, it could help, but you don't really need it. (laughs) Like, yes, if you needed accreditation, then of course you got to get the accreditation, but you could do it online. I'm just, college is one tool. That's all. Yeah. Take, forget, people just have to stop looking at college as like the funnel. (laughs) It's no longer the funnel. You either go to college or you're a fucking
0: dipshit. It's not the 80s yeah. or the no, 2000s. It's, it's a- like
1: college, is that going to serve me? Yes, go. If not, then go another route. That's all. Like,
0: But for you,
1: if you're going to be in dance, maybe a, maybe you could get a marketing degree, business administration, or just figure out where you're going to learn those, those uh, uh, tools better. Is it an online seminar? Is it going to a week-long seminar with Gary fucking V? Or is it paying... 20 grand for a semester of college being taught by professors that don't own their own business. that just know the theory of marketing, which one is going to serve you best. Probably an entrepreneur, not professor. That's what I'm saying, man. Like a yeah. week with Gary V or, or someone like that, that knows your, the, the tools that you're trying to learn is going to serve you best. So that's all I'm saying. Just weigh, put college in that bucket to weigh them against each other. It's like when you, When you're buying something for your company, you get three bids, right? You don't just go, oh, well, no, you just got to go with that company. No, you get three bids and you pick the best one. So college isn't the only bid anymore. Yeah. That's the difference. That's all I'm saying. Sorry, college. Now you're one of 10. There's so many other options now, man. You know what I'm saying? So many opportunities to have your own business. That's what I've been
0: trying to tell my parents sometimes. Like sometimes I... I want to go, like, with uh, even the entrepreneur route, like, um, doing you, yeah. Forex trading and stuff like that, because I, I just see people succeeding with it, and I just want to get onto the game. Yeah. So, ask yourself, what's going to get me to be the most
1: successful Forex trader? And do that. Yeah. Take a course, go to college. I don't think it's college. No. It's, I don't think college is going to... Te- you're going to have... How many hours of Forex trading are you going to get in college? Maybe zero. I don't know. Go to a Forex trading academy or or find out who's the most successful Forex trader and read their book or take their online course. See what that does for you and then decide what you want to do. But before you even do that. Figure out which one you love the most because that's the one you should spend your valuable time doing. That's the one that's going to grow faster for you. So if you're spending, if you're going to go for forex, you're not going to be going for dancing as much. So you just got to make sure you're not going after your second option because you think it's better money. In my opinion, the money's going to come later. Don't be impatient.
0: Money comes. Wait. Money comes with patience.
1: Yeah. unless you already know your passion like right now and you're going to dive 100% into that it, that's that's where the big money's going to come anyway in my opinion
0: man there's there's like a famous saying where um the long uh, better things happen the longer you wait the longer you like invest your time into so if you're yeah, not good things come to those good, who yeah. wait
1: It's not always
0: true, though. I don't want, like, meaning,
1: yes, this is appropriate, but I don't want to say, like, oh, just wait forever. I'm very, I don't want to wait an extra day. (laughs) So I I do want to say that I believe do it today. I don't, I've learned not to do it tomorrow anymore. Meaning, whatever I can do today, do it today. At least do three things. Do one thing to get you to propel forward. Don't wait for that reason. But you need to have a right amount of patience. It's the right amount of patience.
0: Yeah, that's right. You know?
1: And and I'm saying, don't start out of the gates thinking, how am I going to make money in the next two years? The, mo- the most amount of money. Because any profession that you want to really master is going to take you 10 years. So you should decide, I'm going to give it my all to, to this. Yeah. So if you're a dancer, Smurf, 4X should be your hobby. Yeah. And then if that starts making you money, you can go you know what, let me just do that for like a couple of years, make some money, then I can open up my studio. Because
0: I can always like just do it part time. Right, but like, prioritize yeah, the, the stuff, shit you love, love
1: first, man. If you can, see, like, if you've got four kids and a mortgage, you may not be able to do that right away. <laughs> but if you're living at home and you've got time and you can, you can make ends meet, prioritize it. That yeah. way. Good shit, man.
0: Yeah.
1: So, that was pretty good, man. I feel like that was a really good discussion. Like, the whole, I don't know. I, I do want to go back because I, I think, like, well, wait. Let's do a time check because. 4.50. Time is-
0: 4.54. All right. So, we got five minutes. So, it's. We'll have
1: you back, man. I think that was an
0: amazing story. I am, I am completely down to be back. Yeah. So many more stories, like so much like I can talk for hours. like just give me topic and just if I just have someone to talk to, I can talk for hours, literally me too, man. I love this kind of stuff.
1: This yeah. is like I said, this is what I think if people take the time to listen to, could help them the most. You know what I mean? So that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, you should definitely come back. I really appreciate you like sharing your story and being open about it. To me, that's more significant than anything that's happened is because everyone's got stuff that could be inspirational to someone else, but not everybody is
0: willing to open up willing
1: and courageous enough to open up because it takes courage. In my opinion, it's always scary to be vulnerable, right? And it takes courage to like open up, but that's how that's what other people connect with, man, the vulnerability. Embrace the shit out of that, man. Yeah. And and like, you can do such great things. And I mean, you are the best fucking version of yourself, man.
0: Yeah. I, and you're the
1: exact version that's supposed to be here, man. That's supposed to do great things with it. Like, I feel like it opened your mind, luckily. You could have gone the other way. You could have been bitter. You could have... And that would have been understandable. It's all a choice. But like you said, the game is better this way, dude. Like right now in this moment, we can stop and I can list a thousand fucked up shit that we can focus on. That's going to probably put us in a very negative, non-solution minded frame of mind. Like this is terrible. Like what's the point? What's the point? There's hunger. There's homeless, which I'm not saying to ignore those things. I'm saying for each of those things, there's a thousand positives, opportunities, Fresh air, beautiful day. We're alive. We're not in pain. We have a brain. We can do things. We can we get to play this game another day. It's not guaranteed yeah. to anybody, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I know so, exactly what you mean. I really love this podcast because if we if Josh and I never dragged this podcast Idea over the finish line, we would have never had these conversations, man. Knock him out the box, Rick. Knock him out, Rick. Knock him out the box.